Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Welcome to church. I bring you greetings from my family. My dear wife Maria and the children are doing well and we thank God for that. Let's bow our heads, let's pray, and then delve right into God's Word. Loving Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. As we gather to listen to your Word, we pray that your Word will come with such power to transform us for your glory. We pray that I will be sensitive to you and obedient to your leading, and that the hearers will be blessed. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, over the last couple of weeks, we've been going through a number of sermons around family life. And we have learned biblical principles that have helped us to develop blessed families. Now, if you missed any of these sermons or you know of someone who would be blessed, by these sermons. I want to encourage you to check out what Toto Church app, and there you'll be able to find all the sermons in that regard. Today, we conclude our Blessed Families series by looking at walking in forgiveness. Blessed families walk in forgiveness. And this is important for us to learn because as we go through life, pain is inevitable. We get offended. We cause pain, we experience pain, and there is no way we can avoid it because we live in a fallen world. In fact, the recent lockdown period profiled this for us when we noticed an increase in the number of cases of divorce and marital unfaithfulness and physical abuse and sexual abuse and all these things that just revealed pain happening in families. As a matter of fact, some of us today are still dealing and processing this pain. Some of us are dealing with mental health issues, depression, stress. Some of us are experiencing broken relationships as a result of pain in families. And if it is not dealt with, pain has the ability to completely destroy relationships. In the context of families, pain can break families, leaving families devoid of the blessing of God. But God wants us to have happy, blessed families. In fact, that has always been God's desire. And because he wants us to have blessed families, God has gone on to show us a way that can allow us experience healing and reconciliation leading to a blessed family. This way that God has showed to us is the way of forgiveness, walking in forgiveness, where as families we learn to release pain and heart. We learn to forgive. We learn to release those who have offended us so that our relationships can be restored, families can live in unity, and there God commands a blessing, as we see in Psalm 133. 
Today, we'd like to consider what the Scripture says about forgiveness. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, not just seven times, but rather as many as 77 times. Clearly, Peter was having an issue with forgiveness. And he suggested seven as a sufficient number of times. But in response, Jesus said to him, not just seven, but 77 times. In other words, Jesus was telling Peter to always be ready to forgive, to always walk in forgiveness, to have the posture that is open to forgiving as many times as possible, regardless of the, the, the offense that you experience. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 to 35, Jesus tells a parable about the unforgiving servant, still teaching a lesson on forgiveness. This is what it says. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because the servant did not have enough to pay back, the master ordered that he should be sold along with his wife, children, and everything he had, and the proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and said, Please be patient with me. I'll pay you back. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave the loan. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred coins. He grabbed him round the throat and said, Pay me back what you owe me. Then his fellow servant fell down and begged him, Be patient with me. I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. When his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? His, servant, his master was furious and handed him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners until he paid the whole debt. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. From this parable, God is the master. You and I are the unforgiving servant. We see that God, the master, forgave the unforgiving servant a huge debt he couldn't pay. But the unforgiving servant unfortunately refused to forgive a colleague who owed him an insignificant debt compared to what he had been forgiven. When the master heard about the conduct of the unforgiving servant, he was furious and he withheld his forgiveness from this unforgiving servant. In the same way, through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, 
you and I have been forgiven. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are forgiven of our sin. The expectation is that when anyone offends us, we should also forgive. This is actually the key lesson we see in the parable of the unforgiving servant. The master expected the unforgiving servant to forgive his colleague just as he had been forgiven. That is the same for us as believers. Forgiveness is not an option. Forgiveness is a must. We must forgive all who offend us because we have been forgiven. This is what we see in the scriptures. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14, which says, For if you forgive other people their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive other people, then your heavenly Father will not forgive you, your offenses. Forgiveness is releasing one who has hurt you. It is releasing them from your heart. It is choosing to let go of resentment. It is choosing to stop negatively dwelling on memories and surrendering your right to revenge. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says this, Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, revenge belongs to me. I will pay it back, says the Lord. Forgiveness means that you have released the person from your heart and you have trusted God with the matter. You have left it in God's hands, trusting that as a just God, he will take care of it. Forgiveness is from a place of obedience to the ways of God, to the law of God. Remember, those who obey and walk in the ways of God shall be blessed. And since God wants us to experience the blessing in our families, he instructs us to walk in forgiveness. Otherwise, we shall constantly live in pain. Unforgiveness is a form of pride and it is extremely selfish. Unforgiveness locks you up in your own prison. Unforgiveness makes you an unpleasant person because bitterness starts to develop from within. You end up becoming a bitter person. You end up harboring heart. And because hurting people hurt others, you end up hurting the people around you and end up isolated without people or friends to do life with. Unforgiveness literally locks you up in your own prison, but worse than that, unforgiveness destroys your relationship with God because your sins will not be forgiven. So we'd like to consider steps that help us to experience forgiveness that leads up to reconciliation. In the context of families, forgiveness is necessary, extremely necessary, and should lead to reconciliation. Here are some of the steps that I'd like to share with you that help us on that process. Number one, realize that you are offended. 
realize that you are offended. Don't brush it off or act tough. Because bitterness and grudges all develop from simple irritations or minor offense that has not been attended or dealt with. For instance, assuming you said good morning to a sibling and they ignored you, and as the day develops, you develop resentment and just don't want to be around them or in the space where they are, let alone speak or talk with them. That alone is a sign that you were offended in the morning. It's important that you realize you've been offended if you are going to succeed in dealing with the issue. Acknowledge the offense. Step number two, release the offender. After you've acknowledged the, the, the offense, after you realize you've been offended, release the offender. This mostly happens when you are praying, when you take the matter to God in prayer and you're laying before God the heart and the pain. In the process of doing that, release the person who offended you from your heart. Choose to let go of resentment. Release the matter before God and allow God to take control. Allow God to take charge. Allow God to deal with the issue. When we consider the example of Jesus as he hung on the cross, taunted and made fun of, Jesus, innocent as he was, stayed on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Jesus released the issue to the hands of God and trusted God to deal with it. When you realize you've been offended, go ahead and release the offender. Remember, we forgive because we have been forgiven. And then step number three is resolve the offense. Resolve the offense. After realizing you're offended, releasing the offender, you then resolve the offense. And this happens after you have already forgiven the offender. Matthew chapter 8 verse 15 to 17 says this, if your brother or sister in God's family does something wrong, go and tell them what they did wrong. Do this when you are alone with them. If they listen to you, then you have helped them be your brother or sister again. But if they refuse to listen to you, then go tell them and take one or two people with you. Then there will be two or three people who will be able to attend to tell all that happened. If they refuse to listen to them, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as you would treat someone who does not know God or who is a tax collector. In verse 15 it says, go and tell them what they did wrong. Do this when you are alone with them. In other words, the one who is offended seeks audience with the offender. The purpose, and, and, and it has to be in, in, in a conducive environment, in private. The purpose for this meeting is not so that you justify your innocence in the matter. It is actually for the purpose of seeking 
reconciliation. And there are two possible outcomes from this. Number one is reconciliation. It's possible that you will eventually be able to share this with the offender and they will realize their wrong. They will ask for forgiveness, resolve to do better, and the relationship is restored. That is the ideal. That is the desirable. However, it's also possible that it could result into conflict where the offender gets defensive and frustrates every effort for reconciliation. In that case, verse 16 says, if they refuse to listen, go to them and take one or two people with you. Then there will be two or three people who will be able to tell all that happened. Remember, the objective in doing this is reconciliation. So taking one or two people, in most cases, people who both of you respect, the purpose of doing that is so that, number one, they can mediate the dealing with the issue, and number two, they can offer godly counsel in the matter. It's still possible that there could either be reconciliation or it could fail. And then verse 17 gives us the next step, should it fail at that level, which says, if they refuse to listen to them, then tell the church. The scripture tells us, Tell the church. So through the church leaders, present the issue, not with the intention to shame anybody, but to seek reconciliation. Tell the church leaders and work it through now. Should there be failure in the process at that level, the Bible says, then release them. Release them and treat them as someone in need of the grace of God. Pray for them that they may experience a change of heart, that they may find salvation, that they may surrender their lives to Jesus because failure to do that, they are right on the path of destruction. I'd like to add and say this, that if the nature of offense is criminal, along with these steps, Seek help from the relevant authorities. If the nature is, is such that probably it's child molestation, sexual abuse, or um, physical abuse, or it involves a risk of losing a life, take the matter to the authorities. Forgive the offenders, but trust the state to deal with the issue. For some, it may be going to police and reporting the matter. For others, it could be studying a, a, a court procedure. Take the matter to the relevant authorities and find help. As I bring this to a wrap, to a conclusion, offense will always come. Pain is inevitable because we are living in a fallen world. But because God wants us to enjoy or experience blessed families, he has made a way. The way for us to deal with pain is forgiveness. When we realize that we are offended and we choose to release the offender and then resolve the offense, we experience restoration, reconciliation, and we experience unity in our families, that unity, the environment where God commands his blessing. We then get 
to experience a blessed life. I want us to watch this video. We've been married for five years now. Uh, the Lord has blessed us with two children, a boy and a girl. When we got married, I don't know, I think there's a way the devil fights marriage because we had been together since 2011 and uh, we were flowing in harmony. We used to, uh, we had that real friendship of, um, true friendship, let me say. But when we got married, things changed. We went through a lot of negative experience. Um, right from our honeymoon, a month, that's a month after our marriage, things started changing. Uh, we used to have quarrels here and there. We used to, um, these quarrels were actually very, very bad. Like we used to quarrel over everything and this kept us in tears all the time. We could spend sleepless nights, yet the next day we had to work. It wasn't an easy journey altogether. Um, and I also took some time to conceive. Uh, this also caused some issues. When I conceived, um, at three and a half months, we unfortunately lost the baby. Um, we didn't know exactly what happened, but the baby just spotted and then flowed out. So all this added to our several misunderstandings that we had in our marriage. Um, I don't know, but so many things were happening. Um, so many people wanted to break our marriage. Even even the, slight of, the slightest of things could spark off a quarrel where we could quarrel the whole night. Actually, it even reached an extent where I, uh, one night, I actually packed out of the house. But our best man, every time he could come, he could encourage us in the world, he could pray for us. Then he could, he could invite us for the marriage cell. There will be those who try to bring hate, but love will turn the heart around. We actually uh, had experiences from other married uh, couples in the cell. And uh, most of these experiences were like ours. Some were even going through a more harder experience than ours. From cell, we, we, the different uh, couples were encouraged to have an altar, prayer altar at home. So we have an altar at home. I can barely start a day without praying. I end a day without praying. So we have a sense of belonging. I know there is someone who's praying for me. Uh, to excel in this life and to make someone's life better, not only for my children, but even for the ch people around us. Even in difficult of times, we know ourselves families there, even when there is a challenge, they are there to stand with us, they are there to encourage us, they are there to uh, make us see that with God we can walk this marriage journey together. Wow, 
what a powerful, powerful story reminding us of how great our God is. Indeed, nothing is impossible with God. Maybe you're here today and you realize that you have been offended and you realize you'd like to uh, start the process of reconciliation. Go ahead, forgive, release the offender and purpose to resolve the offense right after the service. It's also possible that as you were listening to this sermon, it opened up some old wounds and healing is available. I want to encourage you, reach out, reach out to the pastors and the counselors who are available to just help you walk this journey all the way to when you are completely healed and restored by the power of God. I also want to say this. The Bible says that there is none righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Sinners owe a huge debt to God, a debt we can never pay. But thanks be to God for his grace and his love. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. And Jesus died so that our debt could be paid. If we put our faith and trust in Jesus, ask him for forgiveness, we are forgiven. That debt is canceled. Maybe you're listening in and you realize that you have not asked Jesus to forgive you. You have not given your life to Jesus. You owe God a huge debt. But that can change right this very moment. I'd like to ask you to say this prayer after me and you will be forgiven. Repeat after me as you pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I confess I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus died for my sin and he, he rose from the dead. And I confess from today onwards, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Receive me and help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, Welcome to the family of God. You are a child of God. We'd like you to reach out to us and just let us know that I made the decision to follow Jesus. In fact, if you are watching online, Facebook or on YouTube, a link has appeared in the chat section. Click that link and someone will be getting in touch with you. We'd just like to share with you some next steps now that you have given your life to Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,